You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. What's happening? It's The Sean B. Show. And uh, five long months of not doing this podcast. It's been too long. It's been crazy. Uh, But it's been an awesome five months. We are officially relaunching The Sean B. Show, getting it back on the interwebs and into your ear holes. Obviously, I'm Sean B. I hope you guys are doing well. Relaunching all the podcasts, coming back real soon. Of course, we've been up to a lot of things. The Burroughs Applesauce podcast that we do out of this studio has never really stopped going. Um, We've been consistently doing those, but the Mind Snacks podcast, obviously Tyler's had a lot going on. I've had a lot going on. Uh, We will be relaunching the Mind Snacks podcast. It might not be tomorrow night. I said in a video earlier that it would be tomorrow night. It might not be tomorrow night. It might actually be next Wednesday, uh, the night before Thanksgiving, which would be appropriate because it is the four-year anniversary of the Mind Snacks podcast. So that uh, may or may not be going down tomorrow night. It might be next Wednesday, uh, directly on the four-year anniversary of the Mind Snacks podcast. However, this show, my podcast, The Sean B. Show, is back. It's been a long five months, and uh, most of you who know me know what I've been up to. A lot of you don't know me, and I'm going to talk about what I've been up to. Uh, But uh, a couple things administratively first, you know, I need some help. I need some suggestion, okay, because I've got this live stream podcast that I am excited to get back to doing. But, like, there's no decor behind me. I don't know if I should turn around and get more space back there where you can see, like, a couple of the neon signs and maybe do the show from over there. We've got a couch now that we uh, have dubbed the casting couch. <laughs> it's a it's a brown leather couch. It uh, seems appropriate. But we've got a couch in here. We've got some new studio decor in here that I want to kind of make some good use of. So uh, right now behind me, just this blank white brick wall. Thought maybe some shelving with some memorabilia up here. I don't know. Obviously, I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, lots of things we can do with uh, this space that I feel like we need to start utilizing more of. So so some of that will be happening uh, very soon. Today's show is going to be a lot different. We are, uh, I, I would, the flag would be awesome. Of course, uh, everybody says some signs from my mayoral campaign, which uh, crashed and burned last Tuesday night, uh, could go in here. You know, lots of stuff, lots of different options that we can do in here, uh, but I'm not real sure where or where to start, what to do. Uh, but we'll figure that out as we go. Right now, it's a plain wall. You can't see it on the TikTok stream, but I have a horse's head, llama head, part of a pinata over here on the <laughs> on the mainstream. Uh, and uh, yeah, so just uh, any ideas for studio decor would be amazing. Of course, if you're watching, you know, go to the Sean B. Show Facebook page. Give me a like. If you're on TikTok, 2SM Prez, uh, my my TikTok page is where this is being streamed live. Go smash that like button, as they say on YouTube. Uh, and uh, yeah, so this is Sean B's show. It's been largely for a good part of its history, a sports show uh, where I just talk about, you know, my sports teams. You know, I'm a Cubs, Colts, Pacers guy. Everybody knows that. But, uh, you know, we, we get into some broader topics. Uh, big fan of the NFL. The NFL is always an exciting time. So the fact that I was deep into a mayoral campaign uh, during like training camp and, uh, you know, the start of the NFL season, I haven't talked a lick about the National Football League at all. So the fact that I can finally start doing that again today is going to be awesome. And I've got a couple of highlights, a couple of things to go over. I haven't talked about the Colts at all. Uh, We'll get to all that here real soon. But uh, yeah, so just administratively, Getting this whole thing set back up. I'd like to get a couple people on here with me um, live in the studio or through Zoom, whatever we got to do. I definitely want some people chatting about the uh, sports and comedy related things. Uh, so we'll we'll get to all that uh, real soon. This is going to grow. We're going to grow this. I tell you what, I didn't know that I could dedicate myself to something so well as I did this mayoral campaign that I just got done with. 
Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, I ran for mayor of Columbus, Indiana most recently. And uh, last Tuesday night was election night, and we did not win. Uh, but on a very small budget of $4,000 and in a five month time frame, I was able to capture the votes of 25% of Columbus, Indiana voters. And that means the world to me. That is a, a, a good starting place. That's a good place to say, okay, from here, we're going to grow. We're going to grow what we do. And, uh, but what I don't want to do in the future is I, I want to learn how to do this and, continue to maximize, you know, my political influence here in town, but also the podcasts, you know, the podcasts are here and they're, they're built for, you know, communication, uh, mass communication. I love talking to people. Obviously I'm an attention whore. I think that is what we can ascertain through all this. Um, I had big signs around town with my face on them. One of them had a dick drawn on them. And I think that's really cool. Like it happened after election day. So it didn't make me mad. You know, November 8th, the Wednesday after the election, a buddy texts me and says, hey, uh, there's a dick drawn on your face on one of your signs in town. We should probably start taking those down. Yeah, we probably should. Okay, so we got all those signs down. No more dicks drawn on. That dick was drawn on with lipstick. I think it's important to note. Um, So when we're talking about the investigation and finding the uh, potential culprit in all that uh, was drawn in lipstick. So we either have a female culprit or a male culprit who just happened to have lipstick, or this whole shit was premeditated, and somebody was like, get my lipstick, I'm drawing a fucking dick today. Either way it happened, doesn't matter. We're here now, Uh, the campaign is over, like I said, five months, $4,000, and we got 27% of the vote in Columbus, Indiana. And I want to reflect on that experience quite a bit. Of course, I've already gone over the numbers, and I've already uh, written a letter that I kind of put out to anybody in the city who could, who could read that. That is on my Facebook page, uh, my personal page and the Sean B for Columbus page. So Sean Burton for Columbus page, I guess. Um, so that's out there and available. If you'd like to go read that, if you haven't already, but, uh, I just want to reflect on, on what I've done over the past five months. What's kept me out of podcasting, and into this like new thing that I had never done before, um, this new kind of experience that I was able to have <clears throat> that not a lot of people get to do. Like not a lot of people decide to run for office. Not a lot of people decide to get as deep into it as I did. And uh, so we'll get to that in just a second. First of all, very, very important information. It is National Seatbelt Day. I don't know why that's a thing. But that's the thing. It's National Seatbelt Day. It's also National Family PJ Day. And that made me sad. There's nothing better than sitting around the house with my wife and child in our PJs watching a Christmas movie that I will ultimately fall asleep to. But, but I mean, PJs, it's okay. It's okay. We're crashed on the couch. We're in the PJs. We're watching the movie. Life's good. Life's good. National Spicy Guacamole Day Does not apply to me. Not interested. Also, National Pickle Day. I'm going to have to let my child know my child loves pickles. Today is a day for that. It is National Pickle Day. I think most importantly of all the days it is today, it is World Diabetes Awareness Day. So uh, take a chance to educate yourself a little bit on diabetes. Terrible disease that I think not only do we need to do a better job, uh, of providing support and supplies to people with diabetes. But I think there's a lot of work to be done to just help us manage this disease. It's not necessarily something that's always somebody's fault. A lot of people are born with it, uh, depending on the type of diabetes. So um, if you have a, if you have a spare second today, do a little homework and uh, see how maybe you can help uh, with, with diabetes. It is world diabetes day. Uh, Like I said, I've been very busy. In June of 2023, I decided that we needed to contest the mayor's race in Columbus, Indiana. So I did that. I launched a petition. I had to get a certain number of signatures of registered voters in Columbus, Indiana to sign my petition. We were successful in that. I needed 260. I collected almost 600. And 269 of them were good qualified signatures. So we enough to get on the ballot. 
And from there, we started campaigning. We started taking donations. And we, uh, like I said, we grew a campaign endowment. We spent almost $4,000 over a five-month period. Shirts, signs, uh, public appearances, um, all the video media I could do, everything I could do. Because I knew that I had two places where I could beat Mary Ferdon. I knew I could win the social media game. And I knew I could outwork her. Um, I knew I could win those two battles. And I don't know how much that equated to when it came to votes and tallies on election day, but I knew those were two places that I could win. So that's where we focused our attention. I would say that for an independent candidate to get 27% of an overall vote is pretty damn good. I'm pretty damn proud of that. Uh, election night, I wasn't feeling that way. Election night, I was feeling kind of sour. But to get 27% of the overall vote for mayor of Columbus was pretty freaking cool. And uh, like I said, now that I've had some time to reflect on what we accomplished, it literally has me jacked for the next step. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I had uh, some people from a high school history, or not history, a high school government class tell me that, you know, they studied a little bit and they thought, you know, if I'd ran as a Democrat, that I could have won the mayor's race. Um, but part of my whole shtick from the get-go was non-party politics. Now, the question goes from there, like, do we stick to that mantra moving forward? Because obviously the goal is to make an impact in the community. Um, the goal is not to always just be sticking to your guns and 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 be staunchly nonpartisan. Uh, you know, the goal is to make an impact in your community. So, the best if, if the best way to do that is joining a party and and trying to make your impact from there. That's fine. I just always felt like me joining a party would be disingenuous, and that that was at the end of the day, kind of why I was most comfortable not joining a political party. I was most comfortable being an independent on the ballot. I don't want to be pigeonholed into one or the other set of groupthink because I'm just not that. Like anybody who knows me knows politically I'm very down the middle, uh, more of a social conservative or sorry, a social liberal, more of a fiscal conservative. Um, I think, uh, I think there are a lot of places that Columbus can improve, and I don't think a lot of these things are necessarily partisan. Um, I spent a lot of time throughout the campaign getting asked questions that weren't really relative to municipal politics. Uh, for example, uh, I, had, I had a lot of people email me about my thoughts on abortion. I had a lot of people email me about my thoughts on gun control, and these are the hot-button issues nationally that people care about. And these are the things that they will use to decide whether or not they're going to support you in municipal politics. It's not, those aren't really good guide sticks for, for what candidate you should decide to support at the end of the day. Um, a lot of people think these things will help someone gauge or determine what kind of person you are. You know, are you a lib, you know, and that's become less of a, less of a thought set and more of a people look at it as a personality characteristic. And I don't know that that's exactly fair, but that's what we've tried. That's what we decided to do. We we use these things to gauge someone's personality. It's not uh, <clears throat> it's not something that's extremely. I don't know. I, I think on the municipal level of politics, which by the way is the most important level of politics, these are things that we should just kind of let go by the wayside. Let your state reps handle that stuff. Let your let your congressman handle that stuff. You know, look at look at a president for those kinds of things. But when we're talking about community growth, a, a gun decision will rarely, probably never, show up on a city council floor. Uh, an abortion decision will rarely, if ever, show up on a city council floor. It's just not something that happens. Uh, because these are, you know, when they overturned Roe v. Wade, they sent it back to the states. This is a state decision, 
And when you when you look at your state representatives and your state senators, those are the things that you should be looking at them for. When it comes to your city council candidates or your mayoral candidates, you know, you get you get into more local issues. With Columbus, a lot of it was housing and homelessness. Housing, homelessness, and financial responsibility. Those were the big things that people wanted to see in Columbus and that people saw in Columbus as our major issues. So to get asked the abortion question uh, was it was it was kind of weird because you know when somebody asks you that question they're looking for a very particular answer and a lot of people ask me this question I want a simple answer legal or illegal you cannot give a simple answer to literally the most complex issue in government today so it's it just it was a wild time uh, and most of the most of the questions I got were about local issues, but man, some of these people just wanted to gauge me as a person because they didn't have much to go on, which tells me that what they were going to go on is, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? Because if I know which one of those two things you are, I can then definitely know who you are as a person. And that is just terrible. That's terrible thinking. There's, there's, there's no logic good logic that makes that make sense so but that's what we got a lot of uh throughout throughout the campaign and that's what people wanted to know and you know i i was absolutely forced to answer those questions i have no problem answering those questions but they just don't apply um so at the end of the day uh, worked really hard on election day, came up a lot short. You guys know I lost, uh, I got 27% of the vote to my opponents, uh, 73% of the vote still for an independent candidate, uh, for a guy that didn't have a whole lot of time or a whole lot of money. Um, now after having the time to reflect on it, I feel really good about all of those things. And I feel like we've, we've, we've created ourselves a great place to start. We've dug our feet into the sand a little bit. There's there's stability underneath of this thing I'm trying to do, and we'll 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 take it forward. So that was five months of my life. That is why we didn't spend a whole lot of time podcasting. Uh, didn't spend any time doing this show. Uh, the Sean B Show has absolutely gone by the wayside since I stopped doing the Sean B Show. I gained the ability, mostly through the mayoral campaign, to go live on TikTok, which I'm excited about that. I'm excited to hopefully be able to grow my social media following and and get that get that kind of springboard into more connections, talking with more people, being more transparent about who I am as a person, and that hopefully helping springboard me into the next time I decide to run for office and the next thing we do. So... All that said, a whole lot has happened in the time that I stopped doing this show and ran for mayor. Gosh, a whole lot of things have happened. And I think my favorite one is this Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing. I think it's my favorite one. I think there is, you know, there's a lot of different opinions on what this means for for pop culture and sports and how they've collided like that. Uh, they are uh they are absolutely the power couple MVPs of 2023. I don't think there's enough time for somebody else to come in and take that title from them. I love Travis Kelsey. I love Taylor Swift. I'm a, I'm a, what you would call a closet Swifty. If you know me well, you know, that's not very closeted. I am. Listen, I will, I will. I forgot that you existed dun, 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 all day long. I don't care. Um, I think the music that Mama makes is great. Uh, and I, like I said, this whole Swift-Kelsey thing, it's funny because you have all these football fan guys that are out there. You know, all these all these Swifties are like, oh, she's putting this Travis Kelsey on the map. And then people are like, he was already a Super Bowl MVP and an All-Pro. It doesn't matter. Like, check the social media followings. Taylor Swift so much more massive than Travis Kelsey, but it doesn't matter because this is true love. And I fully believe that. And I didn't know how true it was until you saw them in Argentina the other day, Travis Kelsey backstage at her show during his bye week 
Taylor coming off stage, running right to Trav, changing the lyrics of a whole song, by the way. And the crowd went nuts about it. Changing the lyrics of an entire song. And then and then, and then the stadium went nuts about it. Because it's it's Taylor, it's somebody they love and idolize, and she's in love, and they want to relate to that love. It's great. It's great. It's all good. And for anybody that's got anything negative to say about this combination of people, she makes him better on the football field. <clears throat> her support and her love and her being up in the box, you know damn well Taylor Swift didn't know a whole lot about football and probably still doesn't. But she's there. She's present when she can be mid-tour. You don't think Taylor Swift has shit to do? She does. She does. Yeah, she's still there for it. I love it. I love it. Let's look at some comments. Hi, Lori. How are you? Down there in Oklahoma. I'll see you, what, in two weeks? Not going to make it this month. Hopefully next month. Okay. <clears throat> Bring yourself. I have had this weather-changing ick for so long, and it makes me sound like a child. And it makes me cough at random times. And I don't love it. But it is the nature of the weather we're having. It it went from, I'm going to stay hot forever. And may your grass continue to grow into deep into, deep into November. To just, bam, it's cold. And there's frost on the windows. You got to go outside in the morning. And start your car 15 minutes before you want to go anywhere. Because if you don't, the ice won't be melted. Scrape windows? No. I'll go through a tank of gas melting the ice off my windows before I scrape anything. Hell with that. Not going to do it. Maybe when I was younger. Look, I have shoulders, and I'm cognizant of the fact that they don't like scraping. So I'm not going to make them. I'm not going to make them do it. Kelsey and Swift. A marriage that maybe more will, will, will more greatly affect my life has happened in the last few days. And listen, it might be a good thing that I wasn't podcasting because I think I was a little batshit crazy about this and how it came out. And, and let's just let's just be honest. David Ross got fucked by the Chicago Cubs. Let's be honest. That was a team that had momentum. They were almost a playoff team. Now, you can look at David Ross when you say they lost 14 out of their last 20 games to miss the playoffs. Barely. You can, you can look at David Ross for that. You can look at David Ross for a lot of times what I would call ill-advised bullpen decisions. Now, who I'm not is David Ross or an MLB manager for that matter. But a lot of times we would watch Cubs games, and Cubs fans, you know this. We watch these games, and we're like, why? Why are you yanking the starting pitcher after giving up one hit? Why are, you, why are we making the decisions in the bullpen that we're making? By the way, our bullpen is not good. So there was a lot of time spent trying to understand the decision-making process of David Ross. The only person I spent more time deliberating within myself the decision-making process was with Joe Madden. But uh, the Cubs let David Ross go. Hours later, announced that Craig Council is hired. Craig Council coming, coming from the evil Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the stuff he knows is just going to get worse as we go. The stuff he knows is just going to continue to get worse. The evil Milwaukee Brewers send Craig Council. I didn't send him. He just came. Craig Council from the Brewers to the Cubs, the enemy coming here to manage my baseball team. Now, what I will say about this is that up until the other day, I hated Craig Council. Hated him. Manager of the Brewers, longtime manager of the Brewers. My disdain for the Brewers has continued to grow over time. Yet here we are hiring their freaking manager, Craig Council. Now, when you stop and look at the logic of the situation, is Craig Council a better manager than David Ross? Yeah, yeah, he is by a lot. I'm not saying David Ross is a bad manager. Craig Council has done a lot with a little in Milwaukee. And now the Cubs are always in a position 
where if they wanted to, they could give their manager a lot anytime they wanted. If they would just stand up, take the wallet out, and throw it at a few people. One person in particular, Cody Bellinger. Please throw your wallet at Cody Bellinger. Please make that happen. A lot of people don't agree with me. you got to resign Belly. They're probably going to get, Marcus Stroman's probably going to be gone. Um, I can make peace with that. Cody Bellinger? No, that dude just had a rebirth. That dude is important. We're not rebuilding. Okay? We're a decent baseball team that is a few pieces away from being a really good baseball team. You've got the manager you want. He's the fifth highest paid manager in all of sports now. You've got the guy you want. Craig Council is there from Milwaukee, now a Cub. You've got the guy you want. You paid him a lot of money. He's the highest paid manager in Major League Baseball. The fifth highest paid manager or coach in all of sports. Time to get the money out. I'm looking at I'm looking at Pete Alonso or Riss Hoskins. I'm looking at another starting pitcher that can come in and help us. I'm looking at all these things. Time to get it out. It's time to pay Craig Council. We did that. It's time to pay some players. Join this team. Get it back together. My concern is locker room culture. I want to know that the Cubs locker room is going to be a place like it, like I know it has been with Joe Madden. I know it has been with David Ross. Good locker room culture. It's been our shtick. I want to know that that'll continue. I'm doing my homework on this Brewers culture and their locker room. And it's been really cool having managers that we know are concerned with the culture of the club from top to bottom. So hopefully Craig Council does not put that in danger. But definitely, no matter how you slice it, an exciting move. Uh, the Cubs and Craig Council coming together. You know, we'll see how it goes. But first, you got to resign some. You got to resign Bellinger. You got to show. You got to give Craig Council what he needs to be successful. Cody Bellinger's part of that puzzle. Sorry, he just is. NBA in season tournament keeps on a going. The Pacers play the Sixers tonight. At 7 p.m. in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Pacers Sixers. This will be the Pacers second group stage game in the NC, in, in the end of the end season tournament. They just played in Philadelphia on Sunday. I don't exactly know what that's about. Is that like a scheduling fox paw? Did the Pacers just stay in Philadelphia? I know I said Fox Paw. I don't want to hear your judgment. It makes me laugh. Pacers Sixers tonight, in season tournament. The Pacers are 1 0 in the group stage of the in season tournament. More importantly, the Pacers are 6 4, tied for third in the Western or in the, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, only two and a half games behind Philly. Tonight's a big game. Pacers are showing out. Pacers have a lot, a lot of things to be excited about. A lot of things to be excited about. Tyrese Halliburton, bowling. Benedict Matherin, every now and again, bowling. He's only going to get better. Obi Toppin may be the best pickup other than Bruce Brown Jr. These guys are absolutely balling. Buddy Hill is the best six man in basketball. And look, the support from the bench. You know, Jalen Smith playing well. Uh, yeah, all these guys, they're just, ugh. What a, what a, what a great Thing to see the Pacers start the season this good. Um, and an opportunity tonight in the end season tournament group stage to get another game, to get another another leg up. Let's move into let's let's try to move into second. The Eastern Conference is not going to be easy. The Sixers are good. The Celtics are good. You know who's not good? I want to talk about this for a second because this sound bite that I'm about to play for you absolutely made me lose my shit. If you are a James Harden fan, I question everything you're about. I have long said since the inception of 
James Harden as a star, that James Harden is overrated. Now, that's not to shit on James Harden. I think he's a good basketball player. I think James Harden thinks he's way better than James Harden actually is. And this sentiment was repeated. This is, oh, God, what's the guy's name? Uh, Brian Damaris, the, uh, the, the Brian Damaris, James Harden rant. Brian Damaris is a Dallas Mavericks announcer. This is pregame before the Mavericks waxed the Sixers the other night. This is a pregame speech that he said he hoped was piped into the Sixers locker or the Clippers locker room. Uh, this is uh, pregame right before the Mavericks waxed the Clippers. Uh, this is about a two-minute rant on James Harden, but it is absolutely noteworthy, and it is 100%, in my opinion, true. And this is... Uh, this is, this is four years of James Harden's career summed up in two minutes. Here we go. Type this into the Clippers locker room. If I can talk to you, James, I hope you're taking notes. I'm telling you in advance, you're welcome for the wisdom I'm about to spew. Because, listen, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me like Daryl Borey believed in you. You wanted a certain coach, they brought in Mike D'Antoni. You wanted to play a certain style, they played it. You wanted Dwight Howard, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend Russell Westbrook. You wanted to go to Vegas on off days, they looked away. You wanted the team to stay over so you could go out at night, they changed the schedule and it didn't work. And you know what you said? I'm going to break up with my Whoopi. Not good enough. I see the bright lights in New York. I want to go there. My old pal, Kevin Durant. It's going to work. The big three. And all after one year, you want it out. You realize, oh my gosh, I took this guy for granted. The guy that believed in me. I went back with Daryl Morey. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? And you know what? You went there and you got a partner who got the MVP. He won the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? You said... They didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You're holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. So they co they fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with the guy believing you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. Let's see if that works. Listen, James, have you ever had those friends who had bad roommates? Over and over, they complained about their bad roommates. This guy's terrible. The bad roommate here. They never thought, being self-aware enough, that they're the bad roommate. They're the problem. Hey, James, you're the problem. If this doesn't work this year in this system with this team, then you're going to go and point fingers at everybody else, and you're going to go back home, and you're going to start swiping right for another team, and there's not going to be anybody left. Because, James, you're not the beard. You're not the system. You're the problem. That is Brian Damaris, Dallas Mavericks uh, sideline announcer, Play-by-play uh, -play announcer on Bally Sports. Two-minute rant. James Harden. Absolutely. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? This is pregame. Hoping he gets piped into the locker room. Pregame. That's a rant. James Harden. Guess what? You're basically a piece of shit. Uh, at which I don't totally agree that James Harden's a bad person. I think uh, some people are just way too self-important. And James Harden's not good enough to be that self-important. You know who is good enough, or, or at least was for a long time? LeBron James. But LeBron James was never that self-important. Uh, this is just how this is how guys are. By the way, the Clippers are uh, not good uh, in the James Harden era. Listen to this starting five that the Clippers have. The backcourt of James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Okay, that's their backcourt. Then you go to the front court. Forwards, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. In center, Avika Zubak. Okay, forget Zubak. Harden, Westbrook, George, Leonard. It's sick. It's absolutely sick. What's up, Aaron Compton? How you doing? Absolutely sick. You know where they are in the standings? It's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. Western Conference standings, Clippers off to a three and six start. They've lost five in a row. So they were three and one, and now they've lost five in a row. It's not a good start.
It's a star-studded lineup. It's not a good start. Be as you will. Pacers, totally excited about this Pacers team. This Pacers team is going to be really good. Going to be very, very exciting. And I cannot believe this just happened. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay, sorry. My My live got flagged for bullying and harassment. I did not mean for anything. My live on TikTok. Flagged for bullying and harassment. Did not mean to bully James Harden or harass him by any means. So I apologize to the TikTok universe who flagged me. I was, uh, I lived a, uh, I TikTok lived our fantasy football draft a while back. And uh, it also got flagged for bullying and harassment. Now this is a family Facebook uh, not Facebook, sorry, fa- a family fantasy football league draft. And there was bullying and harassment. Okay. All right. Joe Compton in the comments asked me about my early Super Bowl prediction. Uh, so we can talk National Football League now. Look, we're about 37 minutes into the show. And uh, National Football League chatter can begin right now. Uh, okay. When's the last time I talked about football? Well, it's been a long time ago. Since I've last talked about football, the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson. (laughs) So there's a lot of catching up to do, especially with this Colts season. Um, I'm going to start by saying uh, five and five is pretty exciting considering the adversity we've been through. A lot of people did not think we'd be five and five, even if Anthony Richardson was healthy all year. So the fact that we are five and five, with Gardner Minshew starting, who, by the way, say what you will, that Gardner Minshew's played amazing. Okay? He's played amazing. He makes all these mistakes. He does all these things. He's a backup quarterback. He's a backup quarterback. That's what he is. He's a backup quarterback. There's no reason to continue to say, Gardner Minshew's not the answer. He was never supposed to be the answer. That's not, that's not how this was supposed to work. Anthony Richardson came out like gangbusters. He ain't afraid of shit. And it got him hurt. It got him hurt. And he's going to have to play a little smarter when he comes back next year. But it got him hurt. Gardner Minshew, very, very smart football player. I would say under talented is the one thing you could say about Gardner Minshew. But listen, if you watch that Patriots game, there is a positive to take from this 10 to 6 boring game that the Colts and the Patriots decided to, to, to bless Germany with. Here you go, Germans. Welcome to American football. A 10-6 to 6 slobber knocker. That featured about as many field goals as it did first downs. Not good. All right, not good at all. Not good football. But if you're going to look at a positive from this game, you should look at the gameplay of Gardner Minshew. Because Gardner Minshew extended so many plays throughout this entire game, moving around in the pocket, making guys miss, keeping plays alive, smartly keeping plays alive. Even if he's just keeping the play alive to throw the ball out of bounds so he doesn't take a sack and lose eight yards, keeping the plays alive. It was massive. The performance was massive. The talent level is down. The blocking wasn't good. The Patriots' defense is pretty good. Yes, a win is a win. But you have to, to, to look through here, and instead of looking through this negative lens about Colts football, let's try to look at the positive lens. Gardner Minshew, I don't know how many plays he kept alive, spinning out of tackles and and, and juke ju- here, whatever he was doing there, like, Gardner Minshew was literally making people miss on the daily, all day long. It extended plays. Huge third down. Gardner Minshew out of trouble, finds Josh Downs, little little over-the-shoulder diving catch on a third and 11 that kept the ball moving, kept the chains moving, kept the Colts moving. Colts defense played really well, or is Mac Jones just... Not good. And I, I don't think Mac Jones is good. 
I never have. Um, he's, he's shown a couple bright spots, uh, but the Patriots need a new future at quarterback. That's just that's just the way that is. Uh, Mac Jones gets pulled, so Bailey Zaffy. I don't think that was a Mac. You've done a shitty job. We're gonna put your backup in. You're benching you. I think that was a Bailey Zappi might be more prepared to run this two-minute offense and try to get us a ton. I think it was just a Belichick coaching move, seeing a strength in one player that another player didn't necessarily have. So I don't think Mac Jones, I don't, I don't, I don't know that, and, and they may have already said something, but I, I think Mac Jones will continue to start. I don't think it's a situation like that. The Patriots are in bad shape. They're two and eight. They're in bad shape. But the Colts at five and five, Here's what I get a lot of. I you could you could make the argument for AFC player of the week. I, I think there's there's they're going to look for bigger numbers and, and brighter lights there, but uh how many how, the, the amount of plays that he kept alive and kept from getting himself killed made himself able to throw the ball out of bounds or to find a receiver who they just couldn't cover forever like did a, a gritty gritty game. But a lot of fans, you look at the Colts and they're five and five. They say, well, I don't want to be a 500 team and get a 16th pick. And what, what good does that do? This is not the NBA draft. This is the NFL draft. There's talent sprinkled throughout this draft. There's, especially with this upcoming draft, a lot of wide receiver talent. Colts fans are stuck on the fact that they want Marvin Harrison Jr. They're not going to get him. They're not going to get him. That's not going to happen. Um, they if they could tank now, and they're not going to get him. Get it out of your minds. Marvin Harrison Jr., without a trade-up in the draft, is not coming to Indy. Of course he said he would like to come to Indy. It's where his dad played. He spent a lot of time there. It's a familiar spot. Of course he'd like to come to Indy. But it's not going to happen because with five wins, the Colts already can't get low enough in the draft, high enough in the draft to get it. Also, I hate tank ball. I hate it when guys sit and talk about how we should tank and get a better draft pick. I hate that people think that it's okay to ask professional athletes, people who work their whole lives on win, 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 to do this. <clears throat> I know it's happened. I know we've gone out and said, you know, hey, we're just going to lose today. Look at the last game of the regular season last year. Colts-Texans. Like, it just it literally a team that wanted to lose couldn't because the other team wanted to lose more. How awful is that? Speaking of the Texans, C.J. Stroud is a dog. <clears throat> and no, before you say anything, that is not to say that, well, maybe the Colts should have got C.J. Stroud. He wasn't available, number one. <laughs> number two, like, Anthony Richardson is going to be fine. Like, he's just hurt. C.J. Stroud has just been magnificently efficient, will be the offensive rookie of the year. If you look at the odds on that, it's insane He's like minus 2,000. Like, we're only halfway through the season. A little more than halfway through the season. C.J. Stroud's odds to win Offensive Player of the Year or Offensive Rookie of the Year are just insane. If they keep doing what they're doing, he could make a case for Offensive Player of the Year. It's, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, and I know it's interdivision. And I know it's a guy that everybody deliberated about. I don't want Stroud. I don't want Levis. I don't want this guy. I don't want that guy. But C.J. Stroud has, without question, been the gem of this quarterback class. And that's not to say anything bad about Anthony Richardson. He just got hurt. Will Levis has been pretty good when he's gotten the opportunity. <coughs> Excuse me. Bryce Young is on a shit football team. C.J. Stroud, the guy. And I think a lot of it has to do with D'Amico Ryan and what he's done in Houston. That team in Houston is going to get better. The AFC South is going to be a competitive division. 
The Colts have to not worry about tanking for some high draft pick. They have to worry about efficiently getting the picks with the pick they have. And Chris Ballard does a really good job at that. Josh Downs is going to be a stud. I think we need another tall outside receiver, and I think they'll find one. It's a receiver-heavy draft coming up. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about trying to tank. We're 5-5. Five and five. There's, a, there's a pretty good outside shot. I mean, we're in the hunt for the playoffs. Let's try to make the playoffs. Let's get exciting. Let's stay exciting. This is why I wish American sports had relegation like European soccer does. I genuinely wish American sports had relegation. And if you don't know what relegation is, relegation is when there's a minor league below the main league and the bottom two or three teams from the main league get relegated to the minor league. Thus the three teams, top three teams or whatever from the minor league come up to the, to the major league. I wish, I wish we had a system of relegation and promotion in American sports because all this tanking bullshit would stop and everything would mean something. Every game would mean something. Yes, a matchup between the two and eight Patriots and the one and whatever Panthers is is hot shit. But if there's an outside shot that one of them can save themselves from being relegated, that game is all, all of a sudden meaningful. When these bottom three teams are not just trying to lose so they can get a higher draft pick, when they're trying to win so they don't get fucking relegated, that that would make things so much more exciting. I wish they did that. I wish, of course, we don't have a football league under the NFL, and there are only so many football players. We know that we see this in college football. There's only so many elite football players. Like if there were a minor league underneath the NFL, it'd be. You'd be hard-pressed to think that any of those teams would be able to compete in the NFL. But having said that, I wish something like that went on in American sports. because the, the And they do it in every sport. The prospect of tanking, getting a high draft pick. I don't know why they do it in baseball. In baseball, they're like, well, at least we'll get the number one overall pick. Who cares about the number one overall pick in Major League Baseball? Who gives a shit? Some of those guys are, are really good. But at best case scenario, with a baseball player, they won't be major leaguers for another, at best case scenario, two years. Who knows what's going to happen in that two years? Most cases, it's four or five years. Bryce Harper was an anomaly who was a major leaguer at 19. That's an anomaly. That's a very anomalous situation. Doesn't matter. Give me something to make people stop saying, let's tank. Let's tank, let's tank, let's tank. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Because I got a five and five football team that I love rooting for. And when you look at five and five in the AFC, obviously the Jags, Ravens, Chiefs, and Dolphins are the division leaders. So you get three more teams outside of those three. Well, guess what? Right now, it's the Steelers at six and three and the Texans at five and four. Those are your those are those are those are two of your wild card teams. Five and five. Yeah, actually we're tied for a wild card spot because there's three wild cards. So you got the five and five Bills, the five and five Raiders, the six and three Steelers, the six and three Browns, the five and four Bengals. Sorry, we're not tied for a wild card spot. I missed the fact that the entire AFC North was over five hundred. But I mean, you're talking a half game. You're right there. Like there's still a situation where anything can happen. We're only what a game and a half out of the division. Yeah, a game and a half out of the division. And a Jaguars team that, that can be beaten. We've seen this. Like, this may be a dogfight to the end for the AFC South. And when you look at the Colts' schedule, 
and this is what this is what gets me about the tanking thing the most. Try tanking against this schedule. Listen to this schedule. The Colts are on a bye this week. Week 11, we've got the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are four and five. Week 12, we've got the three and six Titans. I'm going to check my, yep. Week 12, we got the three and six Titans. Week 13, we go to Cincinnati. And that's literally the one game where I'm like, yeah, we're probably going to lose. But the Bengals are five and four. Mostly contributed by a, by a, by a really bad start, but the Bengals are five and four. Then you got the Steelers. Steelers are six and three. Still a winnable game because despite being six and three, I don't think Pittsburgh's that good. And having said that, I don't think Indy's that good either. But the way they finish out in Atlanta, home against the Raiders, home against the Texans. This is a winnable schedule. This is a winnable seven weeks. Definitely not something you can look at and say, well, we should tank. Let's go get a fucking wild card spot. Let's compete for this division. I get it. We dropped two to the Jacksonville, to, to the Jaguars. I get that, that that happened. But let's go get some W's and compete. Yeah, it's the easiest remaining schedule. Why, why would we not go get some W's and compete for this division, compete for this, for this wild card spot? Get yourselves into the playoffs. Build something. Build something. I promise you, Shane Steichen doesn't want to miss the playoffs. He has no business hearing that shit. So, so stop, stop talking about tanking. Stop talking about how bad Gardner Minshew is. Gardner Minshew is doing his job. He's filling in. All three units combined have played well enough to win five games. And I think the schedule, I mean, you got seven games left. You talk about going four and three or five and two in those seven games. You go five and two, now you're 10 and seven. You're going to the playoffs. Maybe, I don't know. The AFC North is ridiculous. I'm trying to figure out how there's so many near 500 teams in the AFC. There's only, let's see here, one, two. There's only two teams with less than four wins. The Titans are three and six. The, the Patriots are two and eight. There's only two teams with less than four wins. Let's go to the NFC. Giants, Rams, Cardinals. Packers, Bears, Panthers. Okay, that's where the disparity is. The AFC is dominating the the the, uh, the interconference schedule. It's got to be it because there's a lot going on in that wild card hunt. There's a lot of teams that are in there. They're like, man, if we can just get something going now, if we can say not one day, but day one, we can get something going. We can find ourselves a playoff game. Yeah, it's going to be on the road. That's yeah, going to be a road playoff game. We can find that road playoff game and give ourselves a chance to say, you know what? Day one, right now. I love it. And that's the kind of attitude I always take toward this shit. Because to me, it doesn't do me any good as a fan to get up, have my breakfast, go to wherever I'm watching the game, get the pizza delivered, okay? You got the pizza, you're drinking the pop you're not supposed to have, but it's Sunday, it's football day, you do shit you don't normally do. You got, you got everything set up and you're watching football. To just say, I hope we fucking lose today. Sounds awful. I'm not doing it. I'm not participating. I don't care who gets mad at me. I'm not participating in any of that shit. I'll tell you one story I love from the NFL, and I got to talk about this uh, because it's literally become my favorite story right now. I want to see how it, uh, how it plays out. But uh, this Josh Dobbs that's been kicked around the NFL for so long, uh, two stints in Cleveland where quarterbacks go to die, somehow escapes twice. Uh, Arizona trades him, you know, cause Kyler Murray's coming back. And then Josh Dobbs goes to, goes to, goes to Minnesota, uh, last week against the Falcons, doesn't know any of his teammates, wasn't supposed to play. Uh, now you got to play. Now you got to play kid. Hey man, hit number 18 on a cross route, hit this guy. You know, you see this happening here. He's getting plays 
drawn and shown to him in game. He doesn't know the playbook. He's seen the playbook. He's done a little work, but not enough practice. I don't think he'd taken any practice reps. He just stepped in and said, I'm going to give you grit. I'm going to give you what talent I have. Josh Dobbs is 2-0 and in Minnesota. Comes in, comeback win against the Falcons. Beats the Saints. What What's... This is one of the easiest people to root for. He's the nicest guy. And he's talented. He's fun to watch. What Arizona was doing, I don't know. I, I don't know where that where that mindset went. Get something for this guy because Kyler's coming back. Uh, we'll see how Kyler does in Arizona. I I want Kyler Murray to do well. I just man, everything, everything about him says that he's not willing to put in the work. So we'll see. But Josh Dobbs in Minnesota, great story, fun to watch. Cannot wait till Sunday night. Sunday night football, November 19th. We are treated to Josh Dobbs versus somehow second week in a row in primetime, Denver Broncos, who, by the way, another big surprise. Another big surprise. That Denver team was atrocious last year. And they're in last place. They're four and five. But they got a couple big wins. It'd be the Chiefs and the Bills. Something's starting to brew there in Denver. My disdain for Russell Wilson will only allow me to a limited, like, like root for them a limited amount. Because ever since I heard about Russell Wilson and his whole, like, basically wall between him and his teammates in the locker room and the fact that his teammates in the locker room have to call his team to get through to him, like that whole bullshit, you know, yeah. I don't know who, again, it's James Harden again. I don't know who fucking people think they are. Anyway, that's that. Um, So, yeah, Sunday Night Football going to be exciting. Hope Josh Dobbs gets a big win. Because I, I that that's an easy guy to root for. That's absolutely an easy guy to root for. Well, Josh Dobbs. Ugh. Sports, more sports. I can fill my head with it and filter it back out to you. But uh, hey, I'm just a guy who reads stuff, right? Listen, a couple things I want to talk about before I go. Because this is a one-hour show, and I've got two minutes left. I don't know who on TikTok has watched or come across, it's got to be everybody. There's no reason it would have chosen just my feed. <clears throat> but on TikTok, this double-life billionaire husband shit that's been everywhere. I mean, and I, it's, it's like every five videos when I scroll my For You page, in this, and I get a clip from this little like double-life billionaire husband shit with uh, Sebastian Klein. And, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I did take the bait. I took the bait, double life billionaire husband. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like a Dar Man video. It's the same kind of production, like these these motivational videos where like, you know, guy meets homeless person on the street, surprised to see what unfolds. Now all that shit where it's bad acting and in, in a storyline that's just, you know, that's uh, predictable. But this is kind of what this is, but it's movie length. Somebody on TikTok had, filmed them all, uh, you know, on from their TV and then uploaded them to TikTok, did everybody a favor, saved me the money. I was going to buy it. I'd seen the videos so much, their their marketing almost worked. But uh, Double Life, Billionaire Husband, it, uh, of course, ends. All, there's a little plot twist at the end, all right? There's a little twist at the end. Yeah, you've seen that shit. Yeah. Like what is going to you know, I I saw it to the end last night. Somebody had it uploaded. Um, they took all the videos, had a whole thing, and I don't know why, but I sat in my driveway last night and watched this entire fucking thing. And it like I said, bad acting, predictable storyline, little plot twist near the end, but uh, you know, basic stuff. So hey, it's noon. And uh, I want to be done talking because that's an hour of talking. And I've done nothing but talk for the past six months. 
thank you guys so much for uh, participating and joining and watching the Sean B show. This is something that I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm proud to have this show. I'm proud to get it going again. We hope to get a little more popular on TikTok. Hope to grow our audience throughout that. Uh, you know, this has been a great thing. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, this can be live streamed on the Sean B show, Facebook page, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and one of the other weekend days. I'm not real sure how that's going to play out yet um, on the weekends, but we're going to figure it out. Definitely Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 p.m. or a.m. Sorry, 11 a.m. Watch me while you're at work, okay? Put your headphones in. Don't mind your boss. He's not coming. He'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, 11 a.m., Saturday, Sunday, we will let you know how that goes. I'll see you guys Thursday on, if you're watching live, podcasts, Sean B. Show on Spotify. Uh, I'm terrible at plugs, and there's ads, too, and um, stuff. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get back into practice. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching the Sean B. Show. We'll see you soon.